Welcome to Finest Work Songs. My name is Matt. My name is also Matt. This epipod today is the natural progression of the season, if you really think about it. I mean, it totally makes sense. That's right. We started with Shania Twain. Queen of pop country. Right. Then we moved to Fleetwood Mac. Lindsey Buckingham. She's got a beautiful voice. <laughs> yeah, and Stevie Nicks, man, he can play that guitar. <laughs> yeah. Um, Stevie Ray Nicks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah our last one was tina turner bombastic powerhouse yep. female icon that theme of like strong powerful women so naturally our next epipod would be okay computer yes tom york is, was really the the taylor swift of our generation <laughs> <laughs> that's right in that we dissected <laughs> yeah. everything they said or did or yeah. posted mm-hmm. yes they were exactly so we have had some of our finest work fans call out on social media like you guys suck besides that <laughs> yeah someone picked up on the fact that we'll do enough a pod on an artist in the process of talking about that artist we might reference someone else like who guests on it or was inspired by and then for whether coincidence or not it sort of dovetails and we we do that artist like oh, yeah. that season so, so they picked up on that so someone picked up on it pretty good for instance we do we are the world but next we do Lionel Richie because, yeah. you know, so on, so on. Speaking of the Taylor Swift of the 90s, mm-hmm. the Taylor Swift of today has caused a bit of havoc in my house with my Swifty, uh-uh. former guest, MC. Mm-hmm. They've been pretty excited about the new album, those Swifties. Sure. And dissecting videos. And mm-hmm. we kind of, in our household, we all brace ourselves a bit. <laughs> like you kind of prepare yourselves for a storm coming. Oh, tornado Taylor. Yeah. Yep. You tape up the windows. <laughs> Mentally prepare yourself that, okay, yeah. anytime I see my daughter, this is what she's going to be talking about for the okay. next two weeks at okay. least, if not months. Right. You're hanging in there? Yeah. yeah. Album's not that Album's not that great. I've heard that. Yeah. I've heard that sentiment. Especially 20 songs. Yeah. Who is she? Ryan Adams? <laughs> <laughs> she's chasing that Ryan Adams dream. Because <laughs> well, she released the album and then she- A couple hours later. Snuck about another album. Seven tracks. In. Yeah. yeah. Well, I hope you've got lots of bottled water and canned foods so yeah. you can hunker down and ride this one out. We've talked about it before. I do respect and admire yeah. the fandom of the Swifties and yeah. all that Taylor provides for them. Today's a good episode because yeah. this is an obsessive band mm-hmm. uh, for many of us. Mm-hmm. You look for any Easter eggs mm-hmm. or any, at the time, B-sides or mm-hmm. the CD singles that had a couple B-sides from Japan or anything mm-hmm. like that. An obsessive, worthy band, just yes. like Taylor. Exactly. Uh, and it's mad. It's, this will come out. But at the pace we're doing these, it'll come out, what, Valentine's Day? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. <laughs> yeah, all right. Hey, let's make some uh, melting pot jokes. <laughs> <laughs> no, this will come out after. After? That's the British way of saying after. They spell after, A-F-T-O-U-R. Yeah. After. Matt, as of this recording, it's mm. almost midterm elections. That's right. So, as usual, we are timely- with our uh, politically savvy sure. OK Computer. Of yes. course, we had that planned out. No, totally. <laughs> like, hey, what's a super timely political album for the times? How about this album that's 25 years old? <laughs> but actually, it kind of is. It is. It was actually ahead of its time. That's right. With a lot of the topics and ethos and everything else. If you spin it backwards, yeah, it says like... No more gerrymandering. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would totally be like the... Radiohead and like REM way of like, hey, we're going to put backwards messages on. Yeah. But, but instead of like, you know, pray to Satan, it's like, recycle this CD box. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Resist climate change. 
Matt, before we get into the music, mm-hmm. what do you have for us? We, as you know, have really loyal, dedicated listeners. The finest work fans are so great to us with their kind words and thoughts, and they're engaging with us all the time on social media. Really can't say enough about our listeners. And sometimes you guys send in email to us, and things are weighing heavy on your mind. You've got thoughts. You've got questions. I don't know why you come to us, but you do, and we appreciate that. Every now and then we get these emails, and we just feel like we have to share them with with everyone else. So we, we do that in a little segment we call Kenny Gmail. This Kenny Gmail, in response to our Jimmy Eat World Bleed American epipod with Micah, was yeah. our guest. And this comes from Randall Pember 86789 at gmail.com. Welcome, Randall. And Randall writes, thank you for the good write-up. It, in truth, was once a leisure accountant. Glance complicated to more added agreeable from you, exclamation point. By the way, how can we be in contact? That's a good question. Yeah, Glance can... complicated. I think, Randall, you've taken that first step for us to be in contact by yeah. participating in Kenny Gmail, but we get lots of compliments on our write-ups. That's right. Really, I mean, Do you have a side hustle, Matt? Unlike you, I don't have another podcast <laughs> where I'm you know, complaining about the other host. Oh, yeah. <laughs> by the way, let me go ahead and put in a plug. As you can hear already from this podcast, I've got a... A fiery episode of talking <laughs> shit about Matt that'll be coming up soon. It's dropping Thanksgiving Day. It's going to sync up to the parade. God, be amazing. Anyway, back to our podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you really should listen to it. I'm sure it's fantastic. <laughs> I want He says, it in truth was once a leisure account it. A leisure account it. Maybe so when we started this thing, like most bands and artists, you, know, you, you get into it for the art and the passion and the love of it. And then, you know, we sold out. I mean, let's be Are honest. Are you trying to tell me that this is now a chore? Hey, don't put words in my mouth. But <laughs> we got to keep the corporate hacks happy. We're going to have a documentary that's like the Radiohead meeting people is easy. Where it <laughs> yeah. follows them in their miserable time. It'll be me up there like making coffee. It's dark out and being like, uh, you know, <sighs> practicing. Uh, welcome to find us. Welcome. <clears throat> welcome to find And it shows you like walking up the driveway. It's cold. You're out there smoking. <laughs> I guess I just do this for, I don't know why I do it anymore. It was fun when we started. Yeah. We, we had so much passion. We thought we were going to change the world. <laughs> A car drives by and hawks. You flick them off. <laughs> flick the cigarette down. Yeah. Step on. Like, well, I guess we got to go do this thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, All right. Yeah. thanks, Randall. Yeah, thanks, Randall. We can promise that there is still leisure accounted. Thank you, Randall, for the Kenny Gmail. And if anyone else has some deep thoughts or questions you want to uh, send our way, you can send them to... Find us worksongs at gmail.com and maybe we'll read one of your emails in a future Kenny Gmail segment. We are super excited to jump into this classic of a classic album. Mm-hmm. But before we do, as always, we like to start with our memories. Matt, what is your memory of OK Computer? I think we talked about it on our, our The Bins Epipod. It was like they were on the path of potentially being labeled a one-hit wonder after Creep. Then they followed up with The Bins, which critically acclaimed, but you know, didn't have like the big huge radio hit at least here like a lot of people i kind of didn't pay a whole lot of attention to them it kind of was a little bit dismissive but you knew some of the songs off the bends when okay computer came out this was 1997 year i graduated college i wasn't keeping up with music as as much as i was previously but what was great thing then was that was when charity and i started dating i lived with three other guys and in those situations like the only time you have like to hang out by yourself is like late at night everyone's gone to bed 
and, and we're sitting there in our apartment i shared off lake johnson here in raleigh i bet it was nice oh man <laughs> man this pleather couch we had yeah was amazing you know, i mean in the summer you'd take a nap on it and wake up two hours later and rip half your face off <laughs> stuck to it romantic um, it was beautiful a lot of what we did was this novel concept of watching MTV. It was still at the tail end of where MTV was showing videos. Yeah. We talk about it today, like, in a weird way, Paranoid Android is almost like a romantic love song to us. Oh, my because gosh. Because that video was on, what was the show? 120 Minutes? Well, no, but it, there was the- um, Ball? Real World? <laughs> now you're just spitting out stuff. <laughs> no, what was the show during the mid-afternoon? Happy Days? <laughs> I love Lucy. Uh, that's it. That's it. Yeah, I love Lucy. <laughs> it was like Total Request Live or... or, or... TRL? Yeah. So like, yeah. this wasn't a video that was being played on that. So right. you weren't like watching for the big hits during the day. Like mm -hmm. the, the videos like this, especially a weird video like Paranoid Android. That's what was getting aired on MTV. At, yeah. You know. Anyway, so we're up hanging out watching MTV and this video was on a lot at, during that time. At first, were you or was Charity... A little put off, like, this is weird and gross. And We thought it was weird, but it, was, it, it grabbed our attention. Okay, cool. Having grown up on the Beatles and stuff, it has this, we'll talk about the song, I'm sure, a little bit, but it, it's got all these different movements and parts to it, and yeah. it, it just really captured our attention. So yeah, so that really goes back to really from when this album first came out, and, and that song and the video and what it meant, it meant to us and still means to us. That's great. What about you? So... I've got a proposal, Matt. Oh, I'm, I'm already married. We've, <laughs> darn you, Paranoid Android. <laughs> You did your magic again. <laughs> How many relationships do you think started on Paranoid Android? I like the idea of share with your kids. Yeah, we used to listen to this song. You know, <laughs> pop it in. They're expecting like life would be a dream or something. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> no, so Matt, we talked about with this album, you can't cover it in one epipod. No, no, you can't. To go song by song or to do a flyover, like everything's been said. Yeah. And so right. we just talked about kind of sharing our moments mm -hmm. of the songs mm -hmm. that we wanted to talk about. Yeah. And so let's just jump into Paranoid Android because that was your memory. That is. And yep. let's kind of see what it was that uh, y'all are sitting on the couch. Yep. It's after midnight. Yep. You know, an MTV Limp Biscuit ends. Oh, yeah, that's right. In 1997, like, like maybe, maybe Cisco it, or maybe the cores <laughs> yeah. came on. This is what y'all experienced. Here's a little taste of the beginning of Paranoid Android. So we're not going to be able to jump in and just play six and a half minutes, no. although we want to. Yeah. Go listen to this album from start to finish yeah. if 
you have not. But we're going to be hopping around to just moments that really stand out to us. We hinted at it at the beginning, like this album's like the perfect album for this time, even though it's 25 years old. And we're not the ones to sit here and break down the themes of OK Computer, because a lot of people way smarter than me have already done that. It's almost like Radiohead was so prescient about the proliferation of technology and almost overwhelming presence that computers and devices and all these things play into our lives now more than ever. One of the themes, as you said, is just the crossroads with technology Mm -hmm. that the human race found ourselves in. And Radiohead happened to be there looking ahead. Yeah but also somehow capturing a futuristic sound in the 90s that ever since this came out, I thought, this sounds like the future. And today still sounds like the future somehow. This wasn't an album that, even though Paranoid Android meant a lot to us and still does, it was still probably several years before I bought the album. Mm -hmm. So it took me a while to dive into it. So building up to this Epipod, I wanted to kind of do some more research on it and figure out what others were saying about it. I I found this quote from the new yorker on the 20th anniversary of Mm -hmm. okay computer so five years ago and it said uh, if you've ever glanced around a bar or a subway car or a coffee shop and seen dozens of humans all tapping away on a device foregoing engagement for a mediated and digital experience and felt a deep and intense tear in your gut then you perhaps you've experienced some version of what tom york's voice is doing here wow goes on to say other bands have expressed worry about the proliferation of devices and the strange division computers have wrought but I can't think of another song that sounds as much like a person getting swept up into a black hole. Gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's Even it. when you talked about the fingers tapping, it made me think of the little like percussive noises that you yeah. hear in the background. And just the voice in the background while he's singing what's there is the Apple Fred, I think. The voice saying, yeah, I like... may be an android, but I'm not paranoid, right. which is right. just so creepy. Yeah. It sounds so creepy. Oh, there's lots of creepiness to it. I was on this Radiohead thread and uh you started this thread didn't you? <laughs> yeah that's right <laughs> and uh they were talking about desert island discs yeah and they started with the pens because yeah. no respectable radiohead thread's going to start with pablo honey as an option sure, for a sure. desert island disc there for me the pens and okay computer are everything right and right. i love stuff after that but sorry kids yeah sorry family it was an easy choice because i don't want to sit on a desert island listening to these creepy songs <laughs> and fit or happier talking a robot voice oh, yeah. in my ears yeah, like, right. give me the bins every day if i'm stuck on a desert yeah. island. that's a fair point matt have you ever met an android who say i'm not one? Oh gosh hey that's creepy yeah really <laughs> <laughs> so this song was inspired by um, c3po <laughs> yep you watched star wars <laughs> tom york was in a hip bar in la and said that everyone around him was just out of their minds on coke yeah. and he said that kicking squealing gucci little piggy Mm-hmm. There was this woman who had a drink spilled on her, and yeah. he said the way she looked and responded, she was so infuriated, but so twisted. Yeah. And so she is immortalized <laughs> by hey. being the kicking, squealing, Gucci little piggy. They were talking about Karen's 25 years yeah. before everyone else. See, predicting the future. I mean, <laughs> it's not about technology. It's about Karen's. Would you want to hang out with Tom York in a bar watching people? Or do you think it would be, you think he'd be insufferable? Maybe pre-fame. If I had to choose any members of Radiohead to hang out with, it would be Colin and Ed. Yeah. Just because if you watch the documentary, Meeting People is Easy. Mm-hmm. Colin does uh, most of the interviews and is always in such a good mood and nice guy. Yeah. He's so polite. Right, right. Know? Whereas Johnny just seems so like mad scientist yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> in your exactly. head. And yeah. Tom is up and down and he's in a really bad place in that film. 
mentally and emotionally by all accounts. Right. Phil just seems kind of like uh, he's just hanging out. Yeah. So he'd probably be fine he's too. He'd probably be fine too. And then Ed is like the peacemaker, reminding okay. everybody, hey, you know, they're just trying to do the job. Or we just got to get through this. Two questions. So mm-hmm. on finest work songs, who's who? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's easy. <laughs> You're the nice guy. We've established this. <laughs> <laughs> You're the other four all combined into one. You're Colin and Ed. You're the peacemaker and Wait, the so, nice interviewer. So, you're, so guy. you're saying you're the genius behind all the, the creative stuff, and I'm just kind of the, the nice guy. I'm just the mad part of the mad scientist and uh, the mopey part of the Tom York, not the brilliance. Matt, this was their lead single. Six and a half minutes, creepy video. Multiple parts. Yeah. A droney middle part. I was traveling this week for work and I'm at night kind of catching up on things and I've got this album kind of playing and you're not getting to the beginning of Paranoid Android and necessarily bopping your head and mm-hmm. like it's Love Me Do or anything like that. <laughs> but like the second movement of it, it gets that rhythm going. But yeah, then they're still working in these weird robot noises and stuff and it's it just it works so cool. Let's play that part and then play it out because the uh, this showcases just the ferocity yeah. of Johnny. All they're playing, but Johnny Greenwood's solo. We talked about that yeah, at yeah. length on the bins, but he's back, folks. Come on, man. Who are these guys? <laughs> I watched some live recordings of that. Yeah. Exactly the same. It sounds exactly the same when they do it live. This is not studio tricks. That is just capturing. They they do have studio tricks, but right. they recorded this to tape. They're pretty much like, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what Johnny does. That's what Ed does. I'm almost picturing while he's playing that, that you've got some like roadie standing at his feet, just twisting knobs on a pedal. You'd think Jeff would... Our mm-hmm. guest on the U2 Epipod, mm-hmm. he and his brother Matt and I played in bands, but Jeff was lead guitarist and he was into pedals. Pedals now are like craft beer. Back then, you didn't have a lot of boutique pedal companies. And so you're searching pawn shops for old pedals. You're trying to figure out what is Johnny doing? And that's what you're chasing is mm-hmm. basically Johnny Greenwood is coming up and saying, oh. hey, all y'all have been drinking cider. <laughs> Here's your first IPA, yeah. whatever, right, right, yeah. you know, something. It's mm-hmm. like he's just mixing everything up i don't even understand it sounds like lasers yeah there's a shot in meeting people is easy and it's them playing live Mm -hmm. and he's on stage and he's got one foot on this one pedal and reaching across the pedal board his other foot he's doing like both feet at different rhythms on the guitar and meanwhile leaning down into i mean Matt scientist that's that's crazy it's unbelievable when we were coming along you had your distortion pedal yeah your chorus pedal your chorus pedal (laughs) maybe a delay pedal you know if you're like a u2 fan like i was if you're an idiot like me you go buy a wah pedal oh i had a wah pedal but why so you can do chicka chicka so you you can do the solo the stand i guess yeah (laughs) i never could pull that off for me it was just a dumb effect yeah i bought the worst pedals i'm pretty sure i bought first the Boss Heavy Metal Distortion, yep. which I didn't want. It's just the one they had. Yeah. And then I bought a Chorus Pedal, yeah. which is also terrible. And then yeah. I bought, I think, a Wah. Yeah. I don't even think I had a tuner. I got my Chorus Pedal, 
And I was messing around with it. I could not figure out, like, I had buyer's remorse immediately. I was like, why did I get this? Yeah. John Jarman, who was in the Funkadelic Chipmunks with me. Nice. He said, let me see that. So he grabs the guitar and he, he starts just doing this very short chord notes on it. It made me realize that the chorus pedal you get if you want to do, like, police songs. Oh, yeah. And it was like, yeah. he was playing Roxanne. I was like, oh, yeah, that's what that pedal's for. That's all Andy Andy had. Summers is the only reason that chorus pedal exists. <laughs> so this was their highest charting single in the uk yep and it was six and a half minutes long i think it holds the record over there for longest because it was longer than bohemian rhapsody yep matt do you know the longest number one single on the u.s billboard charts from a time length standpoint that's correct uh november rain good guess no i bet that was up there for a while sure think about old songs that just go on and on american pie yep nice well until taylor swift released her read Taylor's version, which contained a uh, 13-minute version of the song All Too Well. Oh, my God! Swifties put that at number one. They do whatever they want. The dystopian future yeah. and the overlords, yeah. it was Taylor Swift he was singing yeah. about. It was yeah. not a yeah. politician. No. How far out are we from her, like, re-recording other people's albums? Her doing, like, oh my gosh. Bohemian Rhapsody Taylor's of version. her own Taylor's yeah. version. Yeah, the white album, Taylor's <laughs> version. Tom York tried to warn us. He did. All right, next track that we're going to talk about as well as the next on the album Mm -hmm. number three is subterranean homesick alien Mm -hmm. thomas singing about alien abduction so we're gonna hop right into sweet where it gets good (laughs) i wish that they swooped down in a country lane late at night abduction tale as old as time <laughs> he wants it to happen he's wistful about it yeah like maybe sometime i'll just be driving around late at night and they'll take me on their ship their beautiful ship yeah it's show me the world and i'd love to see it is he coming from the standpoint in this album of it's a lot of like people who are just worker bees who are unhappy yeah who are stuck soon to be just glued to their phones yeah. and he's basically saying like he's wanting to come alive yeah like, is that what he's saying so or is, like, does like, he really like, want to be probed you get the feeling it's it's like just take me to another place take me to another land let me <laughs> let me forget all my troubles let me understand your plan <laughs> people don't know that arrested development is majorly influenced radio yeah man. we've heard about miles davis bitches brew yeah, yeah, you know, yeah we've heard about pet sounds yep. we've heard about dj shadow yep. but arrested development yep. that's really where all this started <laughs> this album is like pointing out all the fearful scary kind of things to come and with this it's like maybe there's an escape and i feel like the perception about alien abduction has always been they're the not robotic but they're just kind of here to do a job when the aliens come they're they're going to come just kind of wipe out the planet or take us to become workers like they're not feeling 
you know, emotional, you know, sentimental kind of beings. That's always been kind of the, the theory with aliens coming down. And in this case, he's almost like, eh, maybe, but it's got to be better than where yeah. we're heading with the world of technology and disassociation and lack of human engagement and feeling. Yeah, and I think if someone made the argument, they don't have the emotions, they don't have the heart, they don't have love, and the person singing the song would say, I don't see that. Yeah. I don't experience that. Right. Yeah. Might as well have a good view. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Ride a cool spaceship. What would you do if you were abducted? Would you play dead? Would you try to attack him right away? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, first I have to figure out if I'm outnumbered, you know, okay. how many. Why do we always see them as so tiny? Especially assuming that you know, there might be worlds out there where there's less gravity. So that you could be taller. taller yeah. yeah. Haven't they read Gulliver's Travels? I mean, come on. They could be huge. They could be giants. Yeah. Does that come from people sighting Ooh, Martians? Maybe. This is a rabbit trail we could go yeah, down, man, the yeah. Martian thing. Matt, you know, in, I think it was early 2000s, the UFO that was sighted by the Navy pilot. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was inexplicable. The speed and like the way it was yeah. moving did not, it defied like physics. I graduated with that guy from high school. Really? I was friends with him like in middle school or elementary school. No yeah, way. his name's Chad Underwood. Wow. And he was and so when I heard that, I thought, oh my gosh. Not that it removes all doubt, but I believed it anyway, just by the Navy saying, We can't explain this. Right. And then, you know, knowing that this isn't some like wacko dude. This well, is Chad. You know, we've all heard plenty of like the urban legend stories. It's like this guy my sister went to college with, he saw this happen. You exactly. know, and you're like, yeah. well, everyone just happens to know the same person. But at least in this case, it's like a real legit human yeah. being. And like, he didn't tell me in a bar. I saw it on CNN. Yeah. <laughs> they were able to record it. You can see it. And, yeah. And like that, that's just the wildest video. Yeah. It is a little odd that everyone sort of separately who claims to have seen aliens they do tend to describe them the same way yeah i mean it's not yeah. like they're that far off like one guy over here in indiana sees them and they're like eight feet tall and hairy and they look like a wookie and then this guy over here right you know in alaska sees them and they're three feet tall green men with big eyes like, yeah they all end up they're pretty similar the same. yeah even listen to that part we played there's so many layers and noises and sounds and you realize that yeah, they essentially recorded most of this live in Jane Seymour's mansion. Yeah. How does Jane Seymour have a mansion? <laughs> I mean, have you watched Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman? <laughs> I mean, I, I have, but that would be like if you told me, I don't know, the dude from House has a mansion or McSteamy has a mansion. Like, <laughs> what is it about these drama shows that they would make that much money to own a castle? It's well, really like a yeah, mansion castle. I think, you know... British law states that if you're a celebrity of in, any note, mm -hmm. you're given a castle or okay. a mansion, a manse, if you will. Um, oh. uh, but it's all part of the federal British policy. Sure. So, yeah. Okay. So she's got one. You know, I bet Angela Lansbury had a really nice oh, yeah, dude. estate somewhere. Uh, they said they never met her, but that she did leave a note for them to please feed the cats. <laughs> I wonder whose job that was. Hello, boys. <laughs> Please feed the cats. Matt, part of the approach that we're taking here is self-preservation. Because yeah. we've done albums before where I've come in here with too much to say, too much information, right. and feel like it's just clunky yeah. and I can't, there's not enough time. And this one, I just decided I can't, we're not even going to try. Yeah. But there are neat things that we can discuss. They started 
recording this before the mansion in a studio mm-hmm. they called canned applause because it was a converted like apple shed canned <laughs> applesauce oh, yes. or something and apparently they are like the most disciplined band mm-hmm. they practiced songs for i think five or six months never recording a note and so they're just in there crafting crafting day after day uh-huh. crafting like they're obsessive yeah. they weren't getting along from a production standpoint mm-hmm. nigel godrich was just a co-producer but then they decided to get him to actually produce it. Mm-hmm. And he's like 25 at the time? I think so, yeah. What? 25 right. and you're producing OK Computer. <laughs> right. What do you need to do after that besides yeah. walk around and tell people that you did that? Um, but that's when they moved to the... Uh, Dr. Quinn Manor. The Dr. Quinn Manor. <laughs> that really changed everything. Mm-hmm. You know, getting... Well, they got, the, they got to hang out with kittens and cats. Yeah. yeah. Well, and they weren't going home at night, yeah. you know, or going out to meet friends. Yeah, because when they were first starting, they were all too close to, like, their houses mm-hmm. and, and, you know, like you said, friends, and you get all the other distractions. I'd be interested to see the level of brilliance of an album and the isolation yeah. of the band. We talked about Fleetwood Mac. I was going to say Fleetwood Mac. You know, they were all living together. Yeah. Even the they guys weren't, and they gals. Weren't, they weren't just living together. Yeah. <laughs> Even when they did go somewhere, it was not far, and all the guys lived together, and yeah. Lindsay and Christine lived together. <laughs> Lindsay. <laughs> yeah, 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 Lindsay. Crap, I accidentally, I did not oh, mean you didn't to do mean that. That, no. that wasn't a goof. No, I, thought, I thought we were still doing Christine. that bit. <laughs> I know, we've gotten so tied into that that I'm really like losing touch. <laughs> but yeah, I'd be interested. You know, Exile on Main Street, Pet yeah. Sounds, mm-hmm. just the level of sort of obsessiveness and yeah. being locked away. You get locked away, and you're either like... It produces brilliance and, and beauty, or you're so tired of being around each other that it drives you insane and causes friction, which can also lead to beauty and wonderful music. A lot of these are first takes yeah. from a vocal standpoint. That's insane <laughs> that, that they would be gone and work that hard for that long and then just do one take yeah. to capture it. Yeah, I mean, you put that time in rehearsing and getting these songs crafted and perfected, and it lends itself to the possibility of that happening but still just unbelievably remarkable that first takes on some of these it's like that abraham lincoln quote if i only had an hour to chop down a tree mm-hmm. i would spend the first 45 minutes sharpening my axe and also have you seen my cool hat <laughs> a lot of times the last part gets left off but <laughs> it's uh they spent all that time sharpening their axe and i've got a kick-ass beard too mm-hmm. <laughs> We've talked about this super serious, dystopian look at the future. People are, have lost touch with human emotion. This isn't necessarily an album that you put on when you're feeling low. You need to pick me up. Mm-hmm. Still, there are these moments of kind of humor with them. Karma Police was kind of an inside joke for them. and The Karma Police will get you. Yeah. Even just lyrically, there's stark humor to it. Yeah, I think without that, it would just be too pretentious. That's right. They created this undeniably influential music changing masterpiece but they weren't in there like trying to do that right they were just guys hanging out who've been playing music together for years Mm -hmm. who just happened to be incredible a lot of talk about is okay computer the sergeant pepper of the 90s is it their best album yeah younger generations love kid a because that was their introduction and i get it man Mm -hmm. those first notes of kid a Mm-hmm. Blow your mind, right? right? I'm fully aware that us talking about OK Computer in this way feels like when we were growing up, someone talking about Pink Floyd. Yeah. OK, Boomer, you know, yeah, or right, OK, right, yeah. Gen yeah. X. But I think the impact it had on music 
you know, you look at it from the what it means to us, the context in which it was recorded, like nothing like this was happening then. Right. Now right. you look at it, you go, oh, yeah, of course things sound like that. Yeah. No, nothing sounded like this. Yeah. It sounded like the future. Mm-hmm. And then the impact it had. You don't have Coldplay without this. Right. You know, you don't have Muse. Yeah. There's the impact of people just trying to chase what they did. Mm-hmm. And it depends on when you say the Sgt. Peppers is like, well from a influencing band standpoint mm-hmm. or from a what it did courting techniques or you know there's so many things yeah. but i mean this is in the library of congress yeah i think it's the most recent one if i'm not mistaken i think you might be right about that we've covered a few library of congress albums ziggy stardust mm-hmm. purple rain thriller mm-hmm. nirvana willie nelson oh yeah willie nelson's in there stranger matt you know who else is in there i looked in albums not songs but albums okay the Doors. Well, hello. Are in the Library of Congress. Which album? The Doors. Uh, I mean, that's ridiculous. One of these days. No, we can't. One of these days. We can't do it. We can't not do it. Oh, gosh. We got to break on through and do it. I kind of feel like we have to because it's in the Library of Congress. Yeah. And we need to show why. That's insane. <laughs> All right, we need more music. We're going to play a little bit of Letdown. Okay. We're going to jump into this one. Not bad. It's got the brilliance of songs, but yeah. it has specific moments that mm-hmm. just lift yep. and melt your mind. And they still do it with so many extraneous sounds and rhythms yeah. and everything. Like you said, lifting and coming together. And, and such a- Matt, the guitars in this song are played in three different time signatures. <laughs> Johnny's playing that beginning part, mm-hmm. this part. That's in five, four. Mm-hmm. And so if you count, and it's hard, yeah. if you count to five over and over again, mm-hmm. then you land. Like, how did you come up with that? Right. Anyway, we could go on and on about their brilliance, but that is the impact is a song like that and a moment like that. It's just no one else could do that. Yep. You mentioned earlier that the most recent album in the Library of Congress, again, reading this week, leading up to this, I've seen a couple of things where people have said, this is the last great guitar-based classic album. I could see that. And the fact that it's... You know, a quarter of a century old. I can't think of anything else since that would refute that. Not to the level of commercial and critical success. You know, yeah, to, that's to right. sell millions of albums and to be universally lauded. And that's why this album is so rare. Immediately critics said, this is unbelievable. Yeah. Show me a critic who's like, this is trash. Right, right. Yeah, and that's also why Kid A was so disappointing. All I wanted to hear was Johnny Greenwood. Yeah. And I just remember watching Saturday Night Live and in my introduction to... What he was doing was him up there like a switchboard operator. Yeah. 
pulling things out Mm -hmm. using like Moog synthesizers. No, Johnny, where's your guitar? Pick it up again. And he does a few albums later. Right. He's like, okay, I I went to the top of the mountain. Where do I go from here? Yeah. Give me that weird synth. I remember (laughs) Peter Buck talking about picking up the mandolin. Yeah. Because he was like, I felt like I had accomplished everything I could do with a guitar. I guess that's what happens sometimes with a musician. You, You get to a point where you're like, I've been playing this instrument 18 hours a day for the last 10 years i'm over it gosh it'd be something crazy like if say you're the best basketball player in the world and you decided to go play baseball (laughs) that's right it's gonna go awesome (laughs) right fortunately for us their next step of kid a was not like michael jordan's step into baseball (laughs) as a band they're just told you made a masterpiece where do you go from there you don't want to just do that again you want to push boundaries and they did and it's brilliant like i love the direction that they went in terms of the progression of Benz to OK Computer to Kid A, that's unparalleled. It's a pretty good three-record stretch there. Yeah. Let's check out No Surprises. This has another similar lift moment. Yes. Ed called this there Freebird. Oh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> in, what, in what way? I uh, just, I don't know, maybe like a sing-along? You hold your lighter yeah, up this one? Yeah, that sort of. They had 16 versions of the song. Not 16 Jeez. takes, but 16 Jeez. versions. Even up to 37 takes per version. Per version. <laughs> Not per version. Per version, yes. And they ended up going back with the very first one. Wow. We read about that sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That happens, you know. I guess you're happy with that, or are you just like so frustrated that I can't believe we just spent months and months, and then you go back, oh, the first one was good. Is there another artist that is associated with a singular instrument as much as the Beach Boys and like a glockenspiel? I hear that, and I immediately think of the Beach Boys. They were inspired by Wouldn't It Be Nice Mm -hmm. with this song. Yeah. And so you imagine if they're listening to Pet Sounds that they're taking sounds like that. You're absorbing those things. No, that's a good question. Yeah. The Cowbell and Blue Oyster Cult because yeah, of that true. SNL skin. Yeah, that's true. So the Mellotron yeah. is what makes this sound. Keep 
what sounds like a chorus of people is the Mellotron, right? Johnny couldn't find one. They didn't make him anymore. So he found one from like some band from the 70s or mm-hmm. 80s or something. After OK Computer, they started reproducing <laughs> Mellotrons. I mean, Johnny's use of the roads on this. Yeah. I'm not yeah, saying yeah. he single-handedly, yeah. but it's all over this album. Right. And that became a huge thing for a band, mm-hmm. myself included. I got a Rhodes in like 2002 and they were hot, man, to yeah. find a Rhodes sound before the keyboards could reproduce them well mm-hmm. kind of anything they did trend setting trend setting but yeah i don't know if there's one instrument that you would say that reminds me yeah speaking of let's just fall over johnny greenwood for a whole epipod <laughs> they got a symphony mm-hmm. and they put together a symphonic orchestra yeah. johnny had ideas and the conductor is saying and even the musicians are like that's not gonna work mm-hmm. but he's doing stuff where he's having like everybody play like a half tone off one another to create yeah these chaos sounds but then he's got this in his head And he shows it by going on and doing all these film scores yeah. and all just up there in his head. Yeah. <laughs> it's not just him. It's Tom and Ed yeah. and oh, yeah. Phil and Kyle. I mean, gosh, man. Just getting back to the discussion about, is it the last great guitar based album masterpiece? And it's definitely a tribute to the album. And it's also sad if that's the case. Yeah. But kind of in some ways reinforces the whole ethos of this album of looking ahead to a less enjoyable future but if the future involves fewer albums like this then they kind of hit on something how can an album be so dark in terms of content yeah but still i listen to it and want to listen to it all the time yeah like it's not depressing to me there are other albums that are kind of heavy and dark and you're like you got to kind of be in a mood right right but this isn't like a winter album for me no. Put it on any time, and I'm just yeah. fascinated by it. Yeah. And maybe that's it. Because, you know, I think about the Willie Nelson album. That's in the Library of Congress, and that's a dark album. It's a dark album. <laughs> yeah, it is a dark album. But it's also beautiful. Yeah. I don't know, man. There's something we could explore about just speaking to the human condition. It can be really beautiful. And I think that beauty comes in these moments on the album and on really all their albums where they have these lifts. The dissonance and the chaos and the confusion, it all kind of comes back together in these beautiful lifting moments. But they're not lyrically lifting per se. No, they're not lyrically lift. That's kind of the power of yeah. those moments that they lift you musically right. to such a degree that you aren't thinking, oh, I'm depressed because of this content. Right. That's amazing. Yeah. I don't know if any other album that does that. Yeah. Now we have probably the biggest challenge mm-hmm. that we've had yet, and that is to, well, probably not. I think I might know where you're going. If you had to remove a track from the right. album, that's what we challenge each other with. Matt, what would Radiohead do to you? Oh my gosh. If you didn't remove a song on this album, Tom York would corner you at a pub and 
start telling you all the terrible things that are going to happen to the world. But then Colin would come around and and have a nice chat yeah. and a cup of tea. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> so either way, but yeah. we always challenge one another if you had to remove a song. So Matt, if you had to remove a song off OK Computer, which one would it be? I was leaning towards Fit or Happier. Right. But I didn't for a reason. We'll get to that. For me, I think it would be Climbing Up the Walls. There are lots of moments on this album that are chaotic and meandering and then droning and things like that. And then it all kind of lifts back. I feel like this one just doesn't do that as much. Mm-mm, this is yeah. this is the darkest one. Man. Yeah. And it just, it just <laughs> I mean, and it should be. It's called Climbing Up the Walls. I mean. Yeah. I got the smell of a local man who's got the loneliest feeling. <laughs> it was daunting to go into making that decision on the outset, but then it was actually not not as hard. What about you? What what would you remove from OK Computer? I would remove the tourist. Two reasons. I don't like Fit or Happier, but it's essential. Mm-hmm. I don't like listening to it. I don't listen to it. Yeah. You know, I've got yeah. the gist of it. I don't need yeah. that to play. But there's a flow to this album yeah. that took Tom two weeks to get. And so I don't want to remove the tourist. But if you removed it, then you would end with Lucky. Yeah. And the end of the album would be this. We're standing on the edge. edge. Yeah. And then it would would end. Yeah, you know. So to me, that is beautiful. Then you kind of do an album closer in a Radiohead style, kind of a minor key, very odd, almost like what standing on the edge. What's next? Yeah, you know, exactly. It like, leaves you guessing. And you just took us through that and say we're standing on the edge. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. Now it's time for your senior quote. In the yearbook, beneath your senior picture, you have an opportunity to put a quote, and this quote could be anything you want. Matt, what's your senior quote going to be? You got a Radiohead quote, you're probably wearing like a, a Pixies t-shirt in your senior picture to, to look a little different, <laughs> you know, something like that. So the reason I couldn't take fit or happier off is because this line from, from that, keep in contact with old friends, enjoy a drink now and then. I love that you chose <laughs> the one happy line from Fitter Happier. <laughs> Stephen Hawking voice saying yeah. that. Oh know. my gosh. Yeah. So that's great. <laughs> what about you? We don't say that these absolutely have to reflect us. No. We're, we're talking no. about like from an album, kind of a stereotypical. Yeah. So I would take this approach of like the dissident. If you're a Radiohead fan in high school, there's something different about you. Yeah. yeah. And you're listening to Tom. Yeah. Yeah. And so I would put from no surprises. 
bring down the government. <laughs> they don't speak for us. <laughs> nice. <laughs> you know, because you're just like, I have all the answers. Yes. Just wait till I get to college. Uh, freshman psychology class. Oh, yeah. or freshman political science. I'm going to show them. We'll solve all the world's problems. Thanks to everyone for listening. Thanks always to the Finest Work fans for engaging with us on social media at Finest Work Songs or our website, finestworksongs.com. And please keep those emails coming to us, finestworksongs at gmail.com. And who knows, maybe we'll read one of your emails in a future Kenny's email segment. I'm tempted to say, we're going to go out on OK Computer and then just play Play the album album. in its entirety. (laughs) But instead, we're going to go ahead and go out with another masterpiece moment from this album. Our theme song is by the incredible band Medium Heat. This track is called Radio, and you should check them out at mediumheat.bandcamp.com. And check out any upcoming shows if you are in the Raleigh area. They are on Facebook at Medium Heat Music.